I'm Deshaun Davis, former Auburn Tigers football player and all SEC linebacker. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call, Tiger 95.9. Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, Tom PV with you here on this Tuesday edition of the program. And we are now excited to go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. And we welcome on Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer, fresh and uh, back and hopefully well-rested after the trip to California. Justin, how are you this afternoon? I'm all right. How are you? Doing very well. So a long trip out to Berkeley for everyone involved with Auburn. It results in a 14-10 victory, but obviously we're not talking just about the result this week. So for, from the very get-go, what seemed to be off with the Auburn offense? No, it just weren't, they weren't able to get in any sort of rhythm, any sort of you know, you know, explosiveness out there. I thought Peyton Thorne struggled to throw the ball. He missed some opportunities early on, and, and in the first half he was just really inaccurate, so I had some opportunities to make some plays. Didn't really do it. Auburn put the ball on the ground a lot. And, you know, fumbles statistically are kind of a function of luck. Um, You know, you obviously don't want to put the ball on the ground, but where it ends up is usually just kind of a a random, you know, kind of of roll of the dice. And Auburn lost all three of theirs, um, which is is not normal as well. But, you know, it's just this offense is a really big-time work in progress. And when you're not – holding on to the football when you have some opportunities to, um, you know, make some plays on the ground, you need to definitely uh, do a better job of, um, you know, making things happen through the air. And I think the thing for Auburn was, you know, they didn't really get in any sort of rhythm passing. I don't think they – I think the coaching and the play calling didn't make things easy for Peyton Thorne. There weren't a lot of RPOs or quick throws in the offense uh, that can kind of get him in a rhythm, and then he missed the opportunities he had, and then – all his wide receivers has got to do a better job at, at uh, you know, getting open. Because uh, if your name's not Javarius Johnson or, uh, you know, Jay Fair, you've had a hard time doing much of anything this year. Um, good news, though, for Auburn is that they got enough down the stretch and the defense played well enough to, to give them that opportunity to win it. Justin, when when you look at you know you talked about the lack of rhythm on offense, talk a little bit about the the use of Peyton Thorne and Robbie Asher kind of rotating in because I know you know uh, Hugh Freeze was asked about it yesterday and he said that really wasn't the plan going in. That's not how we want to use Robbie Ashford, but you know they were look they were just trying to look for something. Yeah, exactly. It was it was trying to find a spark. Yeah, Thorne's not playing well. Nothing's really really happening in the passing game. You go with your running quarterback and see if he, he can spark something with that package that he's gotten didn't happen either. Um, you know, I think, you know, Auburn just, they do, you know, one thing after another, penalties, turnovers, really just kind of cost them. Um, so, you know, I wouldn't really blame, you know, Ashford on it, and I wouldn't necessarily blame Auburn for trying something. Yeah, I, I, Peyton Thorne's still your quarterback. I think fourth quarter showed that that last drive, or that go-ahead touchdown drive, showed, like, why he can do that, kind of lead you between the 20s, throw the ball. 
but yeah, I mean, they're just looking for something that didn't work. When they went back to Thorne and he at least settled down and made some throws, you know, they, they had a, they had a good drive, uh, there and, and, and did enough to win this game. So, um, you know, I think that's, I think that's a key thing. Like, don't, don't assume there's some sort of controversy, but also don't throw out Robbie Ashford altogether because I think in, in different circumstances, he can be, a, he can be a weapon for you. Uh, kind of looking at the running game a little bit, uh, Jarquez Hunter back out on the field. Did it look like he was a little rusty maybe or just, you know, not himself? But uh, but also, is that going to lead to seeing even more curious for guys like Damari Austin and Jeremiah Cobb? Yeah, I, you know, I think he looked rusty for sure. Um, there were some plays where he you know, didn't make the right cut, didn't bounce the right way, and, and, and it really showed uh, out there. And I think I think the key, key for Auburn is just if they've got depth, why not use it? Um, Jeremiah Cobb looks great, you know, early in his career. Um, he is really doing a good job of uh, of of you know showing that burst and explosiveness. Damari Austin, I mean, I thought it was pretty telling once Jarquez fumbled that ball. They gave the ball to Damari to end it, you know, to kind of put it away, and, and he did. Um, so I think if you're Auburn, you you really like that uh, out of your running backs. Don't you know? I think Jarquez will be fine. You know, give him some chances to kind of get back uh, into the swing of things for sure. Uh, but you know you've got strength in your running game with your depth, so don't go away from that. Don't don't try to force anything on one guy. And 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 you know I think Auburn is showing that some of those other guys and those younger guys are playing really well. Justin, flipping to the other side of the ball, it, you know, going into last week, we were talking about coming into this game, oh, the offense looked good in game one. It's the defense that has to get better. Well, it flipped there, and, you know, we, we've talked about the offense get, not getting into that rhythm. The defense, they were out there. They were playing. They, uh, Eugene Asante talked about it yesterday that some of the trash talking from the Cal players kind of helped motivate them. Uh, it, talk about the defensive performance, and specifically, you know, it, it, it seemed like the, the alignment was much better, and I know that was a big hot topic going in, uh, off of last week's game yeah Auburn did a great job in this game on defense and it just goes to show you that you know it's college football you know things change from week to week this is a new team with a lot of new faces you're not really going to know what you're going to get from week to week from this team and I think in the positive aspect it's 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 what Auburn did on defense they did a really good job of of uh, being in alignment having their gas list they tackled a lot better um the linebackers in the secondary did a good job of tackling uh, in this game, Auburn's defensive line still not just like filled with a ton of like big time playmakers, but they're blitzing at the right times and, and making spots. Eugene Asante was the best player on the field. Period. Um, you know, phenomenal game from him. This this scheme, um, you know, really really works for him because he just see ball hit ball. You know, run as hard as humanly possible. Him and Donovan Kaufman have had great starts to to, to the season, and I think it's because this this system fits their games really really well. And I think for Auburn, you, you come out of you come out of this game thinking, hey, uh, if we can kind of take care of what we can control on defense, um, we're capable of making plays. We're ma- we're capable of being a pretty good defense. And uh, you know, it was a really good sign to do that to, to keep Jay not from really hitting a huge play on you um, was was big. And like, yeah, I mean, you know, Cal missing three field goals—that's a huge reason why Auburn won that game, right? You know, you can't expect that every week, but. Auburn's defense put them in position to miss those field goals. Um, really buckled down and showed a lot of growth and maturity from from last week, and that's a that's a great sign for the future. Yeah. Now you mentioned Eugene Asante, and uh, obviously uh, co SEC Player of the Week, and I mean he is a guy that everybody has been raving about from that performance. But just kind of breaking down a little bit of what he did out there that you saw. What was it about his game against Cal that made it just so special? 
Yeah, I mean, he's just he just is so fast. I mean, he moves really, really well. He plays with a ton of energy, no let up. He's got an extremely high motor, um, and, and it shows in a game like this where you're going to be tested by a, a, a an offense that's going to play fast, uh, try to get a lot of plays out there on the field, and uh, on top of that, um, you know, try to try to hit you in a, in a variety of ways, make guys go out in space. It was Taylor May for him, and he did an exceptional job. I thought of, uh, of of doing of doing the little things right in this game and uh, and, and just and just playing really really hard. I think the blitzes. I mean, he has gotten home on six of his nine blitzes this year. That is an insane pass rushing efficiency uh, for him. It just really really worked out, and I think this system has given him new life. And, and Auburn fans uh, should be really excited for what the future holds for that guy. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. So, Justin, as we heard yesterday, it looked like Q Freeze, or it sounded like Q Freeze was more in defensive meetings last week as opposed to offensive meetings that he was going to get with Philip Montgomery already had as of yesterday about game planning and maybe spend more time in the offensive room. And I, I know that fans are going to have this question, so I'll ask it of you. I, where are we going to be throughout the year on play calling? Do you expect this to be a week-to-week question of how many plays did Freeze call this week, or uh, did did uh, he help game plan more with with Montgomery this week? What do you expect to look have that look like this year? No, I, I don't buy into it. And quite frankly, anybody who's doing it's you know just trying to to gin up attention or, or headlines. Really, I think um, you know Hugh Freeze is going to call some plays, and he called that called that Fager Valdo the go-ahead touchdown. He's going to be involved. He's done everything he said he was going to do from the moment he hired Philip Montgomery. Hey, Phillip's our guy. He's going to call most plays. I'll jump in here from time to time. I'll do. I'll be involved. Um, but it is Philip Montgomery's show. And he defended uh, Montgomery yesterday. I thought Auburn should have done a much better job of getting Peyton Thorne in, in better positions, getting the ball to their playmakers they can trust. Those are that's on coaching. You know, you got to do better than that. But to sit here and think that this is going to be some sort of back and forth thing, where you know who's going to be the offense coordinator this week, who's going to be the play caller this week, it, it, it's just drama for no reason. Um, you know, this is unless Auburn just tailspins on offense. I mean, guys, don't overreact. It's week two. You know, I, I think that's the big thing to, to come. This is a young team. Well, not a young team, a new team um, in a, in rebuilding mode. And what you've got to do if you're Auburn is just stay the course. Um, stick with what you stick with what you know, and, and and know that this year is about kind of improving overall. And there are going to be bumps, there are going to be problems. So, Breeze is going to be involved. Breeze will call some plays at times. This is Philip Montgomery's show, uh, and Auburn just got to do a better job of coming up with better ways to help out uh, their offense because you know they they're still learning what these guys can do on the field. So, uh, looking forward uh, towards this weekend with Sanford coming up. And this is just you speculating, just pure speculation on your part. Do, do you feel like that they may try to open up this passing game and really work on that? Or do you think that fans are just going to have to be understanding that this is going to be a majority running football team and you're going to continue just seeing runs and kind of passing here and there? Just, again, your speculation. I think they want to throw the ball. I mean, this is that is Freeze and Montgomery's M.O., and they want to throw the ball, and they just haven't been able to do it so far. They got to have outside receivers who can step up. Um, they've got to get better there. They've got to get the ball to the guys that they that they know they can trust, and it's just a handful of them right now. More regularly, Peyton Thorne's got to play better. I mean, he just did not play well until the fourth quarter of that game, and he knows that, and everybody who watched that game knew that. Um, I'll take you back to a, I'll take you back to the last time I saw Auburn look that bad, <laughs> you know, on offense uh, in a road game in a week two, Clemson 2017. 
Auburn okay. looked dreadful in that game, sacked a billion times, couldn't do anything on offense. That's a week two game. Week three, they played Mercer. Now they turned the ball, they fumbled the ball a lot in that game. But if you remember correctly, Garrett Stidham goes like 32 or 36 in that game, throws for 300 and something yards, breaks records at Auburn uh, for a single game performance. And the next week, they go to Missouri on the road to open SEC play, open up the offense, they take shots downfield, their passing game's good, they walk out of there with a win. Now, it's very, very different. Cal is not Clemson, um, and, you know, Texas A&M is not Missouri, uh, you know, from, from that. But I think there are some interesting parallels in that you can find ways to let your quarterback get some confidence, get some momentum, get some good feelings about that passing game because you cannot be one-dimensional and walk into College Station and have any chance to survive it. I know A&M didn't look great uh, on defense against Miami. They still have a lot of talent. They have a lot of experience coming back. They're a very, very good football team um, with, with a lot of talent. So you can't you can't just come in there and say, hey, you know, we'll just run the ball and, and save it for later. They need those on-field reps. They need to work on themselves. I don't think, you know, Thorne will necessarily go full Jarrett Stidham in this game. But if you let, let him turn it loose and let him throw the ball a good bit and work on that, that's what a game like this could be used for in a, in a really good way. Talking to Justin Ferguson of the Auburn Observer today on Sports Call. Justin, last one for you. And again, in regards to the Sanford week as they get set to uh, open SEC play the week after, what kind of a similar question to the UMass week? What, what kind of boxes need to be checked for Auburn this week in preparation for A&M and the SEC? Do you have any sort of confidence throwing the ball? Do you, do you have guys you can rely on? At wide receiver, can someone step up? Can someone separate themselves? Can they show that they are ready um, to be relied upon? Um, I think if you're in the rest of the offense, it's, hey, protect the football. Take care of it. Don't fumble it as much. Work on that. Um, play a clean game. Uh, offensive line, you know, cut down on some of those penalties. You didn't play a bad game against Cal. You just got to cut down on some of those penalties and the mistakes that you had. Defensively, keep doing what you're doing. Um, you know, show that it gets you know, Sanford's going to try a lot of different stuff. Um, Chris Hatcher is a uh, is an offensive guru at the small school level. He's been doing this for a very long time. Sanford's going to try to put up points on the board and and, and, and you know just do a lot of a lot of crazy stuff. So it's going to test Auburn in a different way. You got the advantage. Just you know, play fundamentally sound football, and it might look like the UMass game where they may hit some shots on you, but you know that you you know ultimately are going to be able to win out. So. Um, the main thing for me, though, for Auburn is just can you show some signs of life in the passing game? This is an FCS matchup. No, you're not going to want to run up the score. No, you're not going to want to you know, show everything that you've got. But this is a huge opportunity for Peyton Thorne and those receivers uh, to get going and also just find different ways to use Robbie Ashford and get him, get him plugged in. Justin, as always, the time is greatly appreciated. What can our listeners expect at the Auburn Observer here in the coming week? Yeah, you've got, uh, you've got a film room up today on Auburn's offense, a lot of the stuff we talked about break that down there are a lot of stats and some and some uh and some film in there uh, that i wrote yesterday about eugene asante and donovan kaufman and kind of why they have been able to kind of pop off in this defense got a story coming up on k and lee uh tomorrow uh and uh, there's some stats in that k and lee story that i was stunned to find uh, today so you want to check uh check that out uh we will preview um the the sanford game and wrap up kind of our leftovers from the cal game on our podcast on thursday I got a 2013 look back story, uh, the third in our series that we're doing each week. That's on Thursday. Mailbag on Friday. Observations, you know, recap podcast around the weekend. You're getting something pretty much every day of the week at 6 a.m. Central Time uh, if you sign up to the Observer. AuburnObserver.com, 
six dollars a month or sixty dollars a year sign up there a lot of great stuff for sure justin ferguson with us today on sports call justin as always times greatly appreciated hope you have a great rest of your week and we look forward to chatting again soon yeah thank you guys